Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Heavy Matters Podcast. For myself, Joey. It is a cold, miserable evening here in Dublin, which serves as a nice side dish for the albums we're covering tonight. Two slabs of mm, black metal-ish in the form of Doubtfire <laughs> and Unfelled. The little, the, the little man you're going to hear chuckling. The man, <laughs> the man you're going to hear chuckling in the background is, of course, Benny, my co co-host partner in crime how are you mate are you well yeah cold as well very cold cycled to work today with two pairs of gloves and my fingers were <laughs> off bitterly cold but did you have your circles on yeah the rest of the body was fine it was just the fingers that took the brunt of it what were you listening to on the way in out of interest oh i was listening to the arse bollock blog podcast about arsenal's <laughs> recent win against Bournemouth, but I found the beat heavy matters all the time. Before we came on here, we were talking about Arctangent, and I was like, oh, let's talk about that, and you said, nah, nah, because it's not really a good spectator sport, and now you've just brought about Arsenal beating Bournemouth for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Give the people what they want, and it's not Arsenal, which, by the way, on the Heavy Matters Twitter account is just flooded with Arsenal on Monday morning. I wonder why that is, you black market arranging tickets to Arsenal games. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get stuck in. Um, we're going to start today with Downfall of Gaia. Uh, the album's called Silhouettes of Disgust, so it's out on the 17th of March via Metal Blade Records. Benny, describe Downfall of Gaia's sound to someone who may not have heard of them before. Now, bear in mind, this is their sixth album, so a lot of people might have heard in the world, but for someone who's not as cooth with it, please describe them. So, uh, a German band, they are extremely heavy, I would say, first off the bat. Um, I'd say if you were to pin it down to one subgenre, you'd probably say black metal. Uh, As the resident expert, I don't know what you think about that. But I would say... They are a kind of a post-black metal band. Mm. There's a lot of progressiveness on there. And I kind of feel they sit in some way with their countrymen, the ocean, in the way they approach their sound. They don't necessarily sound similar, but maybe their approach and uncompromising heaviness um, contribute to that. And, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean... It's not just straight down the line, second second wave Norwegian black metal. It's kind of it's it's more proggy than that, and and that I guess why it's something that I would bring to the table and something that in that in the BM genre, this is kind of my um, this is the kind of stuff that I would like. Yeah, I totally agree. Post black metal is what I have on this. There is definitely other elements in there there's the roots of black metal like quite progressive as well as you say complex this album venny is that a fair statement yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair um just my background to the band i haven't i'm not okay with all of their previous releases but their last one which was called ethic of radical finitude i really liked and that was i think just there or thereabouts in my top 20 of that year's um, album releases. And I really enjoyed its 
is progressiveness. I felt it was extreme, but it was also a progressive journey, and there was some there were some kind of hooks that you could cling on to there to go along with the extremity. So I really enjoyed that album. And so ever since then, I've kind of kept tabs. And when this album came up, you know, I was pretty keen to, to review it. Yeah, my my first outing with Dan Guy was in, on their 2016 album, Atrophy, which I I must have read a review in a magazine or somewhere because I don't remember being exposed to them by someone recommended me to them uh, and I bought it on Apple Apple Music back in the day you know when you used to buy albums mm, off, yeah, yeah. off digitally um, so I bought that and I really loved the album and then I sort of I didn't really follow up I may have listened to the album you were referring to but I don't remember it sticking as distinctly as you've put on as it being like your making your top 20 album of the year but I do remember really enjoying that that album the atrophy and was when i listened to this album I, I was like it's a very complex album and there's times when i listen to this i've had it on maybe six or seven times um you know as we're reviewing it there's sometimes when i fall into it and i absolutely love it but there's other times when i find it really hard to get into uh, i don't know if you had that when listening to this yeah i i think i know what you mean as i say when i go back to that last album and because i wasn't sure i kind of a would them so i i've been listening to obviously this latest release a lot in the lead up to re, to the review and yeah like you something wasn't just quite sticking and i i have really vivid memories of really enjoying the last album so i stuck that on and yeah, that last album for try not to use the corny word of a journey, but that really kind of absorbs you and takes you on that ride for the duration of it, the progressiveness. Um, whereas I felt this album was a, was slightly less progressive in its way. There was more extremity that to me it was a bit rawer in its kind of naked black metal self rather than being a progressive album with black metal elements if, if that makes sense mm-hmm. and, and for me for that reason yeah it's it stuck with me a little less and it was a little bit more difficult just to go along for the whole ride um, but it sounds like we're maybe on a, a similar page with that yeah yeah there's i mean ultimately there is a lot to get stuck into here Sure, you have all the elements of post-black metal and black metal with the harrowing vocals and the blast beats and the intensity of, you know, the guitars and the the BPM. And, you know, if you're coming into this genre, eyes closed, it could be a bit of a challenge. That being said, that that's how the the album sort of opens for the first three, two, um, up to maybe track four or five, but. When you get up to track, I, I can't remember the actual track number, but the first song that springs to mind is Wild Blood Springs Become Rivers. It's the first time on the album you actually get a chance to sort of breathe and the album sort of blossoms, well, sorry, it blossoms, but creates this atmosphere and the female vocals mm. on this are just glorious. Like spoken word... And then 
it morphs into this harrowing post-black metal track. But that point of the album, for me, was the turning point when I listened to this, and that's when it finally clicked. I 100% agree, mate. I couldn't agree with you more. For me, I was a bit um, ho-hum when the album first came on and the first few tracks, and I felt it was a little bit straight ahead black metal, which isn't the reason I really like this band. But yeah, halfway through, um, things get a bit more atmospheric. Bodies of Driftwood is the following oh, track. Um, sorry, it does, yeah. That has a whole load more different styles. It has that kind of industrial feel to it. It has that Depeche Mode 80s, gothy, synthy sound to it. It reminds me, I don't know if you remember that record released on Pelagic um, by the band called The Crown a couple of mm-hmm. years ago that I really loved. Yeah. Um, it has that really dark, synthy, um, industrial aspect to it and I, I really took to that and yeah from that moment on for me I was yeah my ears pricked up again and the following track Eyes to Burning Skies again oh. have that female vocal on that I think adds so much such a, a big dimension to this which start when the album starts off a little one dimensional it just opens up to kind of full technicolor then that song is i've put in my notes this is the real winner winning song for me that eyes to burning skies i've got my notes it's a haunting love ballad almost with those female vocals they remind me a lot of julie christmas when she appears on mariner's cold luna that style which you know julie christmas is a fantastic vocalist and they're, they're very similar to that but it's absolutely gleaming. And then, like, sort of following the pattern of these songs, it starts and sort of sucks you in with those glorious vocals and then erupts into just a completely different song. Like, you could almost split the two tracks and have the, the female vocals as an interlude and then the second track. But, my God, that song is just absolute. That's good. That's my one of my songs of the year so far this year. Hands down. Oh, great. Delighted. Yeah. You, you really took to that. The track after that reminds me a bit of LLNN in terms of its kind of industrialness. And it's quite kind of stark and jarring when it first comes in. Um, and it makes you kind of stand. Do you know, it kind of um, has this stop start, staccato start to it. And it just makes you kind of stand. Again, it's very different to what's gone before it and just adds this another dimension to it so yeah i'd agree with you that it really blossoms this album from maybe for me slightly lackluster start um to something that does get really interesting yeah there's there's so much the, the dynamics on this album like it's not just a straight up black postman album there's progressiveness on it as well which you said you don't want to sound corny when you mentioned the word journey, but I think this album really is a journey. And I think there'll be, you know, listening to it back to front, like I said, sometimes I really fell in love with it. So other times I found it not irritating. That's not the right word, but it just didn't connect with me at times. But give this enough time, and I will be going back to this 100% quite a lot. Not to give away my rating just yet, but... 
this is an album that you could listen to maybe 20 plus times and still discover new parts that you absolutely love. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, coming on to musically, I mean, I think there's a great deal of technicality in the musicianship. Sometimes one of, you can say that sometimes black metal can be a bit straight ahead, but um, here technicality is at the forefront. And I, I mean, you're the drummer in the room, but I just think the drumming on this, yeah. on this album and it, it, to me, it sticks out more on this record compared to the last one, but it's just great. I mean, they have elements of kind of hardcore along with the black metal, the blast beats almost merge into a hardcore styling. Um, but yeah, I think the drumming is mm. a real standout for me. The drums sound amazing on this album. And that's another thing, like you say I'm the drummer in the room, I... <laughs> I can, I can hit a few beats here and there, but yeah, the drums really sound now. And I think we talk about production a lot when it comes to black metal yeah. or this sort of genre. And I think without this production job on the album, it would be a completely different listen because you can hear everything in this album, like each individual instrument and things. It makes it a lot more palatable. Whereas if the production was any more dull or toned down, it would be a really, really difficult listen. If, if. I, yeah, I, as a slightly more casual black metal fan, I, I totally agree with that. I think um, if you had this as a more earthy, lo-fi, scratchy production, I think it would be quite abrasive. But the first few times I listened, I was just listening to it on a kind of a, just a, a low-end Bluetooth speaker and it, yeah, oh. it didn't jump out at me, but it really hit home when I had it on my nice headphones. Um, yeah. And I think the, the production kind of pushes it in that more progressive bent rather than being a scratchy, crusty black metal album by having that really rich production sound. And it's not, we talk about our scale. I mean, it's not Dimmable Gear or anything, but no. it's it's rich, it's bass heavy, like there's plenty of bass, which is often lacking in, in, in some black metal releases. Um, and I think that's what helps push it into that progressive realm a bit more. Mm. Yeah, 100%, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, okay, mate. So unless there's anything else you want to cover off, I just, I mean, this, it really, I want to say it took me by surprise because I haven't listened to them for a while, but it was a really pleasant surprise. And I'm just wondering, or I'm hoping this gets a lot of exposure and coverage in our scene. I say our scene like we own it, but, you know, in the in the metal scene. And I hope a lot of people listen to this and give it the time for it to settle in. This is not just a, you know, one and done album you can listen to and, and discover loads of good things you need to give it time and like i said i've had it on six seven times and i'm still finding stuff but yeah just on that point mate in terms of exposure they're on a big record label they're on metal blade so yeah. um there's clearly some reach there they're not totally in the underground so uh yeah it's that, that extreme is... for sure it's extreme it's progressive and it's heavy it's not going to be for everyone but uh yeah, hopefully with a bit of push with Metal Blade, um, a bit of exposure, do you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. They're not just starting out, like you say. No, they're sorry. They're an established band. They're an established band. But yeah, they've got the platform, hopefully, to get this out to a lot of ears. Yeah, it's a very valid point. And I think probably my, my, my end being a bit guilty that because it's so not underground, but as a band, you know, you don't really hear a lot much of them in the press, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, you know, I sort of thought, oh, these guys are just upcoming or just starting out. But in actual fact, you are correct. This is an established band on an established label. So uh, my bad. Um, so rating, Benny. Yeah, I'll kick off. I mean, I deeply loved that last record. For me, it doesn't hit those heights. And that is really, as I explained earlier, it, I just felt the last record as a whole piece um, just captured me and transported me to another realm. This one, to me, has a little bit of a lackluster start, but really blossoms. I, I've gone for 7.4, mate. Oh, I've gone for 7.5. Oh, lovely. So, very, that's good. That's uh, very good, yeah. Very, very good album from um, Downfall of Gaia. Silhouettes are discussed out the 17th of March on Metal Break Blade Records, as you kindly corrected me, my old fruit. <laughs> Brian Slager and me, uh, you know, repeating a pot. Oh, yeah, your lookalikes. <laughs> <laughs> You look at the pods, like I say, from the top of your head to the top of your eyebrows, and that's where the resemblance stops. <laughs> uh, okay, on to our next review, uh, next album, and this is by a band called Unfelled. The album's called Pole of Endless Perdition. It's out on the 10th of March on Season of Mist. This is their full length debut. Uh, the band formed in 2016 and had a couple of editions and they are now sold as a trio. So, if Downfall of Guys post black metal, this is black metal. And as the uh, press release stated, pagan black metal. So, <laughs> just throw that in there to uh, clarify. So, Benny, this is... This is black metal, isn't it? Like, define black metal, this sounds like black metal. Yes, it's more traditional in that sense than uh, Downfall for, for the Guy. I mean, it, for me, being, as I say, as I've said, not the resin expert, it's not my go-to genre. It was quite nice having the two albums back-to-back to, back to review there's yeah. a little bit, I mean, it's inevitable, I don't want to, but there's a bit of compare and contrast between the two albums because they're broadly of a similar church, um, but there are clearly big differences, like you say. And this is much more of the traditional black metal genre as, as you speak. I always look forward to, and look, I know I do push a lot of black metal on this show, but I, I do it for one, for my love of it, but two, I also like to get your perspective on these sort of albums because it is a very tough genre to get, not, not to get involved in, but, you know, to find something you love about it. So I do look forward to hearing your two cents on what you think of this album. So um there's there's this is a ferocious fer ferocious ferocious album in points it 
comes out of the gates at 100 miles an hour and you'd be forgiven to think that that would follow the template throughout this, that there's no respite. But, but, as the album goes on, and especially on the, I think it's track six, Evanescent, I don't want to say Evanescent, Evanescent, (laughs) there's a real left field, mellow passage that completely took me by surprise. And what did you think of that part, Vinny? Yeah, I mean, like I say, that I didn't want to or set out to, but there's inevitably a bit of comparison that goes on for me between the records. While she might bill this as a traditional black metal record, I think um, there is a little bit more going on than that. And uh, they do bring in different elements. For me, there was um, some kind of a bit more thrash involved in it, that kind of thrashier sound. But it also is does bring in different atmospheric elements to it. And there were there were times where it reminded me a bit of Winter Phyleth, who we love, and that sweeping grandiose uh, texture that they create. Um, but also it sounded at times I don't know the best way to describe it because battle metal isn't the right words, but that kind of victorious or triumphant sound. Often when you think of black metal, you think of uh, minor chords and quite discordant and depressive soundscapes. Whereas this, I felt at times had major chords and it was quite uplifting and felt like you were kind of ahead of a, a Viking horde triumphantly going over. Do you know what? It's a bit hard to describe, so I don't have a touch point in terms of what it sounds like, but it didn't sound all depressive and in in the deep, cold woods. It sounded like a bit brighter and a bit lighter and, dare I say, almost accessible at points in there. Okay. And just the last thing before I hand over, I, I felt... Again, sometimes you think of black metal and you think of just those tremolos buzzing away. But here I felt it was a bit more riff orientated. Mm-hmm. So um, an example would be Reeved Wings, uh, which is the third track. But t- it, it breaks down into a stomping, traditional heavy metal headbanging riff. Um, so, yeah, I do think there is there is more going on in a different way to Downfall of Gaia, in that it's not progressive in that way. But I think there is enough going on to be of interest, for sure. I I get what you mean by that sort of call to arms um, battle cry. And a lot of that, for me personally, stemmed from the vocals on this. And there's a real... You can almost feel it, that it really is so much passion coming when singing the lyrics, like it's coming from the gut. And this is driven, driving the band. And, you know, vocalists usually are front and center, naturally. But, you know, some albums might be quite drum driven or, you know, the riffs, but the vocals really are. And they're, yeah, they are almost textbook vocals you expect on a black metal album. But I can really feel the passion in this. And it takes a lot for a black metal album for you to notice that because. I don't mean to sound like my mum when I say this, 
but there is a lot of noise, <laughs> like, you know, um, and to try and really pick out something that stands out. But the vocals on this album really did. Also, what this album remind me of, um, when we're talking about the fer- fer- ferocious, fast pace of it, it remind me of Marduk early days, especially on their album Panzer Division Marduk. And when I first heard that, that's what it reminded me of. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Marduk. But also, this other band might sound... I'm not sure if you've heard them or not, mate. But they released an album last year. They're called Toad Eater. Okay. I it's a real band. heard of them, by the <laughs> yeah. um, But the, on this Unfailed album, the slower parts on it and the, the not, you know, the, the mid-tempo passages of this remind me a lot of that. And Toad Eater's a very... <sighs> depressing album at times because of the way it's presented but what unfold have done here they've mixed the two together so well and i haven't been this excited about a black metal project for quite some time mate i must admit because obviously i have my old favorites you know the emperors and the satiricons etc and when someone says oh there's a new black metal album a lot of the time is yeah, sure. I've heard most of it before. And I think the last time I got this excited was Lamp and Murmur. Okay. Um, but certainly this album really excited me. And, you know, another thing on this album, I'm going off on a tangent, mate. You can have your word in a minute. But another thing about this album is the track lengths. And I think this is something that will definitely please you is they're not that long. Like... They, a lot of them come in around four minutes, four and a half minutes. I think the last track is probably the longest one. But the album itself is only 36 minutes long, which when you think of black metal, a lot of songs do carry on for sort of eight minutes, nine minutes. Lamb and Mum is a great example on Air Romantic, Air of Romanticism. So I can't remember the name of it, but the opening track there was like 10 minutes long. Emperor have long tracks. But this one's a quite nice one. 36 minutes runtime, then, I assume for you, this is textbook. Oh, yeah. I've got that. It's an extremely good length. Because we talk about this, when you're listening to extreme music, and we've talked about this record, and you might be lulled into a false sense of security about the way we've been talking. But it is furious black metal at times. Often the tracks typically will open with a really furious blast, a gurgled croaking scream do you know this is extreme stuff and there is a a attention span for that so yeah 30 35 minutes give or take it do you know that is that's a good length i'd say yeah is i mean i don't want to jump into your rain just yet but of all the black metal albums that you've listened to or i force you to listen to and after going off what I've just said, does this one stand out as any different to you or is it sort of just this same black metal? <laughs> no, I mean, I think like you said, is that I always try and approach these and try and identify what makes the band stand out or different or unique. Um, for me, certainly, I would prefer this over, say, Lamps of Murmur, mm. Um in that I just feel there's a little bit more going on. And probably it's fair to say this is a little bit more accessible. Um, then 
you kind of get into the even more accessible records like that Black, Black Braid album last year, which I really yeah. liked and featured on my end of year list. So, um, yes, it is different and it does stand out in its own way. And I actually think I prefer this to other ones that we have reviewed on the show. Um, I don't, I kind of get an impression from what you're the way your line of questioning that you wouldn't necessarily put this in a straight comparison with Downfall of Gaia because it is quite different and your points of comparison come from records that we've reviewed a while ago. So do, would you ever seek to try and compare these two records from this week's show or do you think they're just too different? To... For me, they're... No. They are different, but there are definitely roots in that over both. Um, personally, these are two very, for, for me, two very different albums that stand alone for, for the reasons we've discussed when we reviewed Downfall um, and this one. Downfall has a lot more progressiveness in it and, you know, the points we discussed. This isn't, as we said, isn't just a straight-up black metal album. There are other elements to it, but for me, they're definitely... You can see this, but and the other thought um, you mentioned Black Braid there. I sort of wonder the other band that we talked about last year was Gorea. Yes, um, and I wonder for you then, Unfeld or Gorea? I would take Gorea, but I think you know that from Gorea have a great energy. They are vibrant. Their production is really aimed at someone like me, I think, yeah. um, with that really fat, um, full-blooded production, mm. where, as I am, someone who has struggled more with the really earthy, lo-fi production. And this this, by any, this is not Biff Dabin level <laughs> production by any means, but it's, it is earthier than, than those other records we've mentioned um, for sure. Yeah. The production, like, if we're going to compare Downfall to this, like, the production is very different and fits perfectly well with Unfeld. Uh, but it's not it's not that real, mm -hmm. if they've been recorded underwater sort of yeah. um, album. I really, really like this. And as I said, I haven't heard a Black Metal album like this for a while, which piqued my interest as such. For me, mate, this is banging on an eight. Wow, okay. Yeah, and for a black metal album to do that to me, you know, I think Lamp and Murmur got a nine from me in my 2021 list, I think. Yeah, we're at 21. I'm rated really high. Yeah, I mean, look, and I would always defer to your, you've got a much greater uh, oversight on this kind of, record and I, I i've said it before but i'd always defer to your opinion on this for me it's a 6.9 and that is it, it's it's not my genre but i found there was plenty to enjoy on this record there was enough diversity to keep me interested and yeah those guitar lines provide the melodies that make this actually in my opinion relatively accessible and something that's easy to listen to and I don't think people should be afraid to listen to this record. I think there's plenty that you can grasp onto and hold onto. Yeah, and 
And don't be put off by Benny's 6.9 because for a black metal album of this stature, that is very high indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's Unfailed. Paul of Endless Perdition is out on the 10th of March. So get that around your luck. I was 36 minutes of black metal goodness. And that concludes the end of our show for this week. Benny, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. And I have got a busy week. I'm going to see Entheos with Benighted, Psychroptic and Archspire on Thursday in Dublin. And then Friday, going to see By Curious in Dublin. Amazing. What, what a week it's been, huh? That is fantastic. I mean, I'm very jealous of you seeing Archspire. They're a band. That last record I loved so much. So um, I'd be, I'm interested to hear your report of how they carry that crazy level of technicality live I'm, I'm dying to hear what you say about that i mean that song i was listening to the other day is it drone aviator drone Aviator? Yeah. i was watching a video for it and just laughing because it was so ridiculous at how technical and accurate they are i mean i know look i know it's a video but i was just laughing at the drum and thinking this could possibly destroy the venue i'm going in like it could reduce <laughs> the foundations to rubble you know but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. And uh, Entheos, who I'm going to be interviewing as well, um, their new album, Time Will Say Take Us All, is an absolute beauty as well. So looking forward to catching that on their, their first on. Yeah, their first on, opening the show up. So listen, mate, it's been a pleasure. Until next time, peace.